Hello and welcome to another episode of Speed Mentorship. My name is Matt Mackler, your host. Here in Speed Mentorship, our goal is to help you be a leader that others want to follow. And we're going to be doing that by interviewing top-notch leaders who are just world-class in their field. We want to make sure that the conversation doesn't stop here. I'd highly encourage you guys to make sure that you have a few application items or a few takeaways from every single one of these talks. Um, I'd also encourage you to do this with some sort of team or with a group of people. I know for me, I always get a lot more value out of doing stuff like this with a group just to hear other people's perspectives, thoughts, and ideas. I think you guys are going to um, really enjoy today's guest. His name is Ryan Wright. Uh, I've known this guy for several years. He's a good friend, and I have learned a tremendous amount from the way that his mind works and just from some of the stuff that he's been able to accomplish. I think he's one of the best-kept secrets in this area. Um, he is a serial entrepreneur who started up multiple different businesses, and really the scale of these companies is pretty incredible. So I think you guys are going to learn a lot from today's episode, and I'm super excited to dive in. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. Ryan, if you could start with just a quick kind of intro about who you are and your background. Yeah, so I'm the CEO of One Natural Way and Sposey right now. One Natural Way is a digital healthcare company, primarily services maternal health patients. And my other company, Sposey, provides diaper booster pads, and which solves the problems of diapers leaking at night. That's our core product. It's a top 20 most sold item on Amazon in the baby category. We've got a lot of exciting other products coming out with that company as well. So everything I do is around new yeah. parents and babies. So my first question is, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. What are some of the things that you're doing on a daily basis that help make you <clears throat> Yeah, it's changed. So I'm 37 now, and that, I would answer that question differently as my life has changed. So when I was in my early 20s, it was long days in the office. I could work out whenever I wanted to. I could get up at 4 a.m. and go to the gym at 4.30, and I did that for a lot of years. Obviously, got married, have three girls now, so priorities change. And today... It's the husband-dad role comes first. So get up, take care of the, make, just like a lot of people, yeah. making lunches and parenting and just doing my job at home first and foremost. But still mixed in there, I do have some daily things that I've tried to do over the years that are consistent. Uh, exercise has certainly been one of them. That's, the, that's my go-to for combating stress. And I'll say this. In my 20s, it worked really well. In, in my early 30s, it worked fairly well. But what I did notice is it became less and less effective at purely addressing stress. And given my role, there's always external stresses, right? And there's stresses, there's marital stresses and parenting stresses, and then you're going into the office and facing stresses. And, yeah. and I'm an optimist. I'm a positive glass yeah. almost all the way full. But even with that, I had to figure out like, Okay, with my routines, I'm a, it, I've done weightlifting over the years. I've done distance running. That's what I do now is more endurance stuff. But it's hard to run 13 or 15 miles every day. It's just not the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you're running businesses and you got a family, yeah, on, that's that's great. You got a lot of stuff out of work you're facing, and you got a lot of challenges there. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you still have family. You mm -hmm. able to support your family and do all those things. But how do you manage the work-life balance there? What's your yeah. What's your techniques or tips you have for people on that front? 
again, there, there were times where before kids and early on where it was the 60 plus hour weeks and every night after the kids went to bed, I was on my laptop working. So what I've said is, look, at the end of this journey, like what's gonna matter? How, what my revenue was, what our net income was, just how big things got. Are my kids gonna remember that? Is my wife yeah. gonna remember? No, yeah. like they're not, right? So I'm there in the morning when everyone's getting ready for school and I'm home at 5.15, 5.30 every night, jumping in, doing the family thing. So. I go on vacations with the family. Like that's just as important to me, if not more important than what I'm doing in the office. And to be honest with you, the nine to five for me, like I'm designed for that. Like that is, I'm a fish to water when it comes to me in a, in that environment. Yeah. The home stuff is where things are difficult for me. So I've had to learn just that, look, what I'm doing at home and those investments, are, they do matter and they're very important, okay? And again, like at the end of the day, that's my family. Those yeah. are the people I love and care about. Yeah. Those are the people that are gonna be with me through the highs and the lows. I have a responsibility. Like that's, I'm the first, the CEO of home versus the company. So what I think where I get in trouble is I'll read, I'll read a number of business books. I'll constantly try to improve those things in a corporate environment. But it's like, when's the last time you read like a book about raising your kids or how to have a meaningful relationship with your spouse? Like even saying that, like my brain doesn't want to read that stuff because I'm like, how do I, how do, but I, but over time I have found, wow, that I, if I make investments there, everything gets better. I'm a better leader yeah. at work. You know what I'm saying? The, I'm just, I'm healthier all around. So you can't flip a switch and live two different lives at home and at, for me, I'm yeah. speaking for me, you know, I can't do it. So that means that I have to take care, I have to take care of both fronts and invest yeah. in both. And that means I have to be realistic. And so with my time and how I make those investments. So, that's solid. so that's good. We all have weaknesses. We all have things we struggle with mm -hmm. and we try and and we all have different perspectives on our weaknesses. For your weaknesses, how do you look at those and how do you have a perspective that tries to help you move past those, I think, in a positive way? With weaknesses, number one, I think it's being aware of them. The people closest to us, if we've got honest and open relationships and there's trust, they should feel like they can tell you what those are. Because I think there's weaknesses that I'm aware of. Like we just talked about managing energy. I'm Probably my biggest weakness is admitting that I'm tired, worn down, anxious. Admitting that I have any weaknesses <laughs> is my weakness. That's, that's, it truly is. It has been over the years and it still is today. So I've had to, it's just, it's like a lot of things. It, as I've just gotten older and have had kids and my perspectives changed, I can acknowledge these things for what they are. And getting, let's say, getting worn down and getting tired. Just this week, I had to cancel an event that I was going to attend because I was already maxed out. There's just a lot of things going on in the business right now. There's a lot of things going on, just normal family stuff. And so I had to say, hey, I've got I've to step back from this. Control the controllables. That was one thing that I could step back from. And I hated doing it because it's not, my personality is do what I said I was gonna do when I said I was gonna do it. Yeah. 
and don't bend on that. Like that's like a core value of mine is just do what you say you're going to do. And uh, that, that's hard for me to say no or to just not try to do everything, but that's a weakness. And that weakness will compound and it's not, it's a bunch of little decisions that just compound and all of a sudden then my energy stays low and I may get through the nine to five because at work it's, there's boundaries, it's a different environment and it's, my, my team may sense a little bit, but then too, you got to go home at five o'clock yeah, and then know. you got kids and you've got your spouse and and when I get run down, I get very introspective. I get very disconnected. I just start to retreat, to refuel. Yeah. And I can see very, I can seem very distant to the people around me. And so I've had to recognize that at home, that's my spouse that's saying, hey, there's a lot going on. I just want you to know that if I seem distant, this isn't you. This is me processing stuff. That's communication. So she's not sitting there wondering, what did I do wrong? Which she didn't do anything wrong. It has nothing yes. to do with her. So I, I found that communicating that, what that'll do, using the home example, put my wife on notice so we can keep the wheels on there. Uh, saying no. So I start looking at everything that I have going on and I start saying, okay, what are the things that are just not necessary right now? What are the things that I can control? And let's just start eliminating some of those. Again, I don't like to do that, but the, I've learned that the alternative, I don't want to pay the price of being yeah. overrun either. So let me start chipping away. It's very powerful. I yeah. think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, right it's just, you learn that, okay, you can keep powering through, but the bill's going to come due. And I didn't like admitting that. It's hard for me to admit those things, but that's the humility in leadership. It's like, what's the truth? What's the truth? The good, bad, or the indifferent? What is the truth? And we have to be willing to look at the truth. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just you're walking around in a fairy tale land. That's so. Good. So let's kind of switch gears to in leadership. We got we have a lot of people relying on us. We have a lot of mm. different things that we're involved with, and one of the things that can be I think very negative if we don't manage it properly is ego. Yeah. And I think there's a healthy level of ego, and then there's probably a line where it gets to be unhealthy. Where, how do you manage your ego? What are some of the things that you mm. put in place to mm. keep your ego in check? And I've seen the spectrum on some people where you can tell there's a lot of humility that, that, that this person has. And there's some people where you can see how much it's hurting the organization. How do you keep your ego check? What are some of the things that, that you do or some of the triggers that you have to look at that? I think for me that looking at where I fall in the rank of things, right? Like I'm a big, I'm a big, let's step out and let's get perspective. And not like in a self-deprecation way or, or a way to just beat myself down, but in a healthy way of saying like, in the order of things, I'm pretty low on the totem pole. Like as far as the, like the, when I look at, again, as perspective changes, it's those deep questions when you look in the mirror, when, okay, hey, if I lost everything, Okay, and I, not everything as far as material success, business success, right? Yeah. Because let's say that my identity, my ego is just tied to these companies that have been built. Yeah. So as the market does, some things happen and I lose all my chips in the game. And it's like, okay, where am I at in all that? Like, where, what am I left with? Where do I stand? That's a deep question that I think about from time to time. That helps me reset because the three little girls I have at home, they wouldn't really 
care. So like when I think about from the ego standpoint, I think about one, everything I have isn't really mine. Like I, I just take that perspective. Okay. So from a stewardship standpoint, it's just, you have, you have to be able to let go. You gotta be able to say like, because if I, if it's all mine, then when I lose it all, if I lose it all, and I'm, I'm not planning on that, but if that happens, then I'm looking in the mirror like, Oh, okay. Now my self-worth and who I am is tied to it's nothing. And it's no, we're deeper than that. You know what I mean? We're, this isn't who has more or who has the bigger company or the people that I like my, my, in my life, I look at certain people that I know and, and I call them unsung heroes. And they're just like, they're not the thing they love to do more than anything is like come home and play with their kids and engage with their family. And these are just folks that go to work and come home. And I'm like, that's awesome. So from an ego standpoint, I think about it in, in sort of those terms of it's not mine. Everything I have, people before me have given me an opportunity. They have spoken into my life. They have given me a shot when I didn't deserve it. And so like for me to stand here today and take credit for everything, that would be ego. Yeah. That's ego. That's saying, you know what, let me just ease out all the people all the input that I've had in my life and let me take credit for it all. Yeah. That's a problem. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant thoughts. So obviously running a business is pretty easy. Pretty straight yeah, yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so you're going to run into challenges with business. Yeah. And as you run into challenges, what are some of the challenges that you've run into personally and how have you overcome some of those challenges? Yeah, that's a long list. I think I've learned the most and gotten the best perspective from mistakes that I've made in business. I've done most of the mistakes. We've had models that just weren't scalable and uh, the financial model was under strain. We had to pivot from that. I was, uh, this was years and years ago, but I was against the ropes. And I, it's one of those moments where I had to look out the window and go, what what am I tied to here? If I lose everything, is my self-worth tied up in this? And so I had to look out, I was looking out the window in, in our master bedroom and I'm like, all right, if I lose everything, then I'll owe these people and move in, we'll have to move into my in-law's basement. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know what? I just, I share those things because I don't, like hearing the law, hearing when we're down like that, oh. for entrepreneurs, I think is important. Yeah. And I was completely against the ropes and nobody would have bet on this horse. This thing was like falling over on the track, barely breathing. <laughs> and it, we had to, so in the midst of that, I had to redo the whole strategy of the company. And that's one of those moments where everyone was like, we're on, like, really, are we going to get out of this? We're on life support. And I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm yeah. thinking, how can you be excited right now? So, you know, that I learned, man, I learned a unbelievable amount through that it by getting through it putting one foot in front of the other and, and how long was that period of time was that a year was it, that... it took almost a year and a half and this was probably close to 10 years getting close to 10 years ago and uh, i had an investor who was a good friend of mine i had bank relationships and everything was falling apart i remember having to drive to the bank and deposit money because we had overdrawn our business account. Yeah. It was, when I say it was bad, it was like the worst kind of bad. We owed vendors a ton of money and it was, and who was responsible? I had, I was responsible for getting us into that position. 
there's no one else to blame. And again, that's when I had that moment where it was like, are, what are you going to, are you made to do this or should you be, should I be doing something else? Like you have those thoughts that run through your mind. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it just, that's where it was like, okay, if this is who I am and what I'm always going to yeah, do, like get on with the show. Yeah. And we did, and we paid everybody back. And that's, we, the uh, bank that we worked with said it was the greatest turnaround they had ever seen in a business. I remember the president telling me that. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I know I'm sure there's a lot of people that appreciate that perspective because so many times people are like, you know, they'll look at somebody like you and just be like, oh yeah, he's just, he's always been successful. Sure. It's just the way. Golden touch. Know, it is. Yeah. yeah they've got the golden touch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just, I think it's yeah. so powerful that you share that and people understand like the real story, the whole story of everything. It's the 10 year overnight success. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that's what people see today. They see yeah. the different companies we've built and what we're doing and just how we've grown. And the reality is there's a lot of battle scars between when we started yeah. and where we are today. That's good. You talked about being in charge of the culture and being in charge of kind of the vision of you know, yeah. the two things. What are some tips and tricks that you do to have a positive culture in your companies? Culture is a is an interesting thing because, and certainly, and I'm speaking 100 less employees culture, that's my experience. If it's good, everybody knows it. And if it goes bad, it's gonna go bad in a small organization. To me, our core values are extension of what's important to me. That's what our core values reflect. Yeah. So we do our best to make sure that we hire based on those core values, that our team members really believe in those. Yeah. It's an extension of the people that fit into your organization, Absolutely. right? So if, 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 I'm, if I'm out, you know, stealing and lying and, and you know. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. like, like there's. That's going to be a reflection of the culture exactly. and the organization. Exactly. You can't, you just, you can't be divided like that. You know totally. what I mean? It's yeah. got to be like, I'm living this you're and right. people are going to see it. It really is. You're right. It's 100% an extension of you and your thought process and Absolutely. your perspective and everything else. Um, yeah. I'm, how am I treating people? And yeah, and that's, and people, they see that. Yeah. Like they're, that's, they're looking, they're going to say, Hey, Brian, going to follow through with what he just said there. Yeah, I think the hard part is when you have, when you, when somebody's on your organization that for whatever reason they don't fit, they don't fit the culture. You, that's one of the, that's one of the yeah, questions I was going to ask. Yeah. So what do you, uh, yeah, what do you do there? I think that's <laughs> tough because people are watching that and saying, okay, like we all, we're all on board here, uh -huh. but we've got a problem and everybody can see it. And there's obviously things that we have to do to right the ship and give people the opportunity to correct the issue. So there's a process, right? There's this, there's not, you can't just, hey, there's one incident, pull them in the office, send them home and call it a day. How long do you wait? There's a, one of my favorite quotes, and I can't find it written down, but I, I know that I read it. And it's that, the number one indicator of an organization's health is the time that goes by from when we've identified a problem and when we've discussed it directly with the person, okay? So what I did is I have a stopwatch hanging in my office and I bought all of our leader stopwatches. And the stopwatch 
is a is a symbol of that. Yeah. Cool, Ryan. Hey, I appreciate your time on yeah, the podcast man. today, man. It's been yeah, fun. yeah, it's been so, great. Thanks for having me, man. Cool. Appreciate it. Well, hopefully, you guys found value in today's episode. I know I did. Probably my top takeaway was the stopwatch analogy that he used. I've never heard of that before, being a good organizational health indicator for the time at which a problem occurs to the point at which you address it with an individual. Really liked that. thought that was solid. Um, would love to hear your guys' top takeaways. Make sure you drop us a line and uh, share with us uh, some of the top feedback and application items that you guys have. Um, if you did find value in today's content, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. If you know somebody that would like this content as well, feel free to share that with them. And uh, as always, appreciate you guys being part of the Leadership Network and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next episode.